Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. And if you're looking to build a stronger relationship or to take a proactive approach towards love, loveintently.com hosts an array of articles, podcasts, resources, and love tips to help you build and keep strong relationships. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, Laura and Ken. It's such a pleasure to have you guys at the Love Intently podcast. Hi, girl. Thanks for having us. (laughs) okay so you guys are one of the cutest couples i've ever seen and i would just love for you guys to share with our audience how you guys met how long you've been together and how you started dating oh my gosh this story is so long okay you go first then then after i'll tell the truth oh oh my gosh okay so we actually met in third grade um and I'm the extrovert, of course. So I came up to him and I was just like, do you want to play Simon Says? And he was like, sure. And so we ran around and played Simon Says. Um, we met at, uh, my dad was preaching at his church, actually. So and I never really seen him again. But then he came to my church permanently and we didn't really like each other. Um, he thought I was a brat and I thought he was weird. So we would like hit each other all the time. Um And then um, we went to middle school together, and that's when we became friends. You know, everyone had the flip phones. We were paying for that, like, 10 cent a text kind of deal. Um, And I realized he was actually a really nice and caring person. I was like, oh, okay, you're my best friend forever. And he was like, uh, sure. Um, And so in high school, we got really, really close. We did everything together. We always hung out together. And, like, even though I was always messing around with, like, other people, he was always there. Um, I found out that he liked me in high school. I didn't believe it because he told me that he would tell me that he liked me. And my friend's like, Alora, that's really dumb. Yeah. Wait, how did you find out? <laughs> I don't know. He just kept saying, I love you in like notes. And like, I was like, you know, I just don't think like best friends <laughs> really just say I love you, you know, all the time. That's not my fault. <laughs> not my fault um, you wrote it in notes too sometimes but we had discussed thought, and said oh it's like a brother sister love thing like oh okay cool no well problem. it was like love ya and you were like i love you like there's isn't there a difference isn't there a difference there's a difference sophie you have there's to a difference i will admit there's a difference it's like there's a difference between like love you bro if i want to make sure that the guy knows that i'm being friendly i add friend or bro <laughs> Yeah. Shoot me for trying to transition it from one thing to the next. Well, you know, <laughs> we all live and learn and it worked out. So whatever happens after this worked. Yeah, exactly. He did. So he wrote me like this note or whatever, uh, an email, I think. And he just told me that he like really liked me, like like liked me. And that was a big deal. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I like you, too. You know, like, oh, my gosh, like we're perfect. And then he was like, no, I love you. Like, I've loved you. And I was like, oh, you know what? I don't. I think I. Yeah. My mom was mad at me. She was like, how dare you do that? 
We didn't talk. We didn't go to prom toast together. It was very sad. Um, so he didn't speak to me all summer. <laughs> and we weren't best friends anymore. But then, like, later, I came back around. And I was like, I think we were uh, second year of college. And I was like, okay, I think I actually really do like you, too. And he was just like, yeah, whatever. I knew it. I didn't know. It was like a sad Lazy McGuire kind of TV show. <laughs> That's our... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, is there anything you want to add to that, Ken? Oh, yeah, so much. Um, <laughs> so here's the truth. Oh, my so gosh. It was actually, yeah, uh, what did you say, 20 years ago? Yeah. We met when we were about eight years old. Uh, so she was right. It was at a church. It was at my church in Detroit. And her dad came. He came once before and brought them, so I saw her. But I didn't think much of her. And then the next time. We actually played Simon Says after church, and I was like, oh, cool. The new kid played Simon Says. So fast forward <laughs> a little bit later, they <laughs> they actually they came from Flint, and they started a church in where I was, Romulus, Michigan. So they actually started their church in my school. So I get out of school. I go home, and my mom says, hey, we're going to go to church. I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday or something. It was it's really weird. I'm like, we're going to church on a Tuesday? Okay. So then we pull into my school, and I'm thinking, okay, this is set up. I'm This is like a parent-teacher conference I didn't know about. <laughs> so I freaked out about that. And then, you know, we, and then we start walking into the school, and we go to my classroom. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, there I saw her and her family, and I still didn't really get what was going on. I'm like, I'm at church, but I'm at my school. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> so we, uh, I guess that's how we got around each other. And then I don't, we didn't go to middle school together. We didn't go to school together until no. high school, ninth grade. And that's when we really started to be friends. She was actually close friends with my, my sister. So they would actually spend the night and she would come over and they'd hang out. And, you know, I, I'd just be the dorky little brother. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting my name out there like, hey, I'm Kentrell. You know me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I think that's where we we got used to being around each other and we started being friends. So once we got into high school, that's how we, you know, we, we already knew each other. We already talked and passed notes and text here and there. So then we just started being friends. And um, I think I officially liked you 11th grade. How does anybody remember that? Like, do you remember when you officially liked him, Alora? I mean, I don't remember the day. Like, I don't remember the year. I just know it was the second year of college. Two thousand nine. See. Oh, oh. Okay, so you guys started dating when you were like how old? Nineteen. Eighteen or nineteen. And so, how many years have you guys been together since? Oh my gosh. What year uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so almost 10 years because it'll be 2019, right? Next year. Yeah. So almost 10 years. Okay. Wow. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Once you start talking numbers, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Congrats. <laughs> okay. So you guys started dating and then what led, like, how, what was the engagement process like? Like, when did mm. you guys know this is someone you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Oh, when did you know? When did I know? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Because 
for me, my personality type, I think, I think, I think, I think, and I think for a long time. And then once I make a decision, that's it. Like with my uh, work background, I've only worked with cars. It's, that's all I've ever wanted to do, even since like fifth grade. And I've just stayed with that. And I'm still doing that now. So um, I don't know. I, I guess I just thought about it long and hard of, you know, do I actually want to date her? Well, if I date her, I might have to marry her one day. Am I going to be okay with that? And so I thought about it. And I'm, it's really technical. It's weird, but that's just yeah, how my, my brain goes. That's really intense. And I just said, oh, okay, yeah, I can maybe marry her one day. We'll see how this goes. So, yeah. For me, I don't, um, I don't know when I actually just sat there and said, we're going to get married. Or you, well, you didn't have a moment of like, I'm going to ask her to marry me, you know, because you had to like decide to get a ring at some point. That's true. <laughs> that's fair. We dated for like, what, five we years? We dated for like almost, yeah, it was a long time. So I, I was like ready for it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because we dated during like college, we got kind of busy and we were like, not really focusing on it and after a while I was like hey we've been together a long time it's working out we probably should like get married like for me I I only wanted to date someone to marry I was very like strategic about that I didn't like want to date a bunch of people and like like a million people I just I wanted one person so I was very picky about the person that I wanted to spend um just date I guess so I guess we just kind of both knew it's like goes without saying it's kind of weird hmm yeah, it, it, it is. I don't. I, don't I never to, thought about that before. Yeah, I remember a lot of weird things, but I can't even remember when I decided. Hey, this is it. I think. How it, did you propose? <laughs> this is so bad. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Oh my goodness! I don't even like talking about. Okay, it. well, I'm oh. gonna. Tell it. It's not I'll, even a good story. It, it's it's. I'll tell it. Well, we were at a. Uh, a youth convention is we did how specific (laughs) you need to be (laughs) we we do work with our church in the the youth group and you know i'd already talked to her her dad and got the okay i got the ring and so it was all set and ready to go so i plan to do it um around new year's and i caught wind from you know one of laura's friends that i think she knows when you're gonna do it and she was just like, not telling me like direct what what Alora knew or what she thought Alora knew, but she just kind of put feelers out there like, hey, um, Alora doesn't want you to propose on like New Year's, and she doesn't want you to do this and that and that and this. I'm like, well, that was my exact plan. So um, I know I know him. Um, how how how, how did she know? That? Oh so I, I just kind of I don't I don't know. We were at a youth convention with kids that we were. Uh, um, that we were with and we we're chaperoning. Sorry, I was looking for the right word. And I just went to her dad and said, I think I have to do it right now because she figured out my plan. And <laughs> I think I just need to do it right now. And so I, what happened? You probably I thought you it. were telling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember what happened there. Well, it was a lot of things. So, I was going to go hang out with my girlfriends and I was like, let's go get something to eat at um, Fuddruckers. And you're like, oh no, I'm sick. You know, I'm throwing up all over the place. And I was like, oh my gosh, like feel better. 
so sorry. Um, mine was negative 10 degrees outside because of Michigan. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we were, my friends were like, oh my gosh, we're right here by this beautiful string lights. Let's take some pictures. And I'm like, guys, I don't have a coat. I'm anemic. I'm going to die. <laughs> so they made me stay out there and take pictures for like 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go now. My nose is running. And then he pops out of a bush a bush so and i'm screaming bloody murder because he was supposed to be sick and i'm like what are you doing here and he's like hey so i'm like oh, okay so he had a whole speech and i wasn't listening because i was literally thinking i thought he was sick why is he in a bush why is he dressed up in a bush why is he walking towards me oh my gosh there's a ring oh my gosh there's a box and I don't even remember if I said yes. Maybe I said okay, because I was like so cold and <laughs> freaked out. But yeah, it scared me. I, oh, it was horrible. But it was it was good all at the same time. Yeah, looking back um, on it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell anyone that story. <laughs> not the ideal proposal story. <laughs> she yeah. said yes. That's what matters. Yeah, it was it was super candid, that's for sure. Okay, so since then, you are a photographer, an entrepreneur, blogger, podcaster, and you, Ken, uh, are an engineer. Um, have you always been a photographer? Like, when did you get into photography and entrepreneurship and kind of like what you do today? Um, so I started uh, messing around with photography when I kind of quit my major. I was going to school for web design and when I went to my class, you know, everybody was like 50 and up. They were all men. And I was like, ooh, you know what? I think I'm not, I'm, I'm going to have to go. So I like switched everything up, did a bunch of electives to fill up my degree and just got like a regular business degree. Um, so I ended up finding this photography class and I was actually breaking all the rules because it was studio photography and I wanted to use natural lighting. I knew nothing about it, mind you. Pinterest wasn't released yet. It wasn't all the rage. So <clears throat> I got into it and it was super fun. But I mean, I got it was an easy A and I was like, oh, I don't know, like this photographer, you can't make money off of this. This is a cute little hobby for some people. And my teacher was like, no, you should try this. Like, I made money off of this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Bill, you know, <laughs> so um, I made a website because I know how to do that. And I just said, like, my first wedding, I my friend got married, had no money. And I took pictures with my little Canon Rebel T2i. And um, some couple found me on Google with my Wix.com website. I know, right? Not sponsored. Um, and so, yeah, um, they found me and were like, hey, can we be your second? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, here's my prices. 200 bucks. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. Um, and so I booked about 12 weddings that year with like a $500 pricing and kind of grew from there. Um, but I, I did quit after a while, um, juggling between like a part-time job and school um, and just some crazy things that happened in the industry. It just seemed like it was too much for someone who was 22 years old. So I left about a year and a half and then I came back um, full-time 2014. So when I was 24, when we got married, mm -hmm. um, so financially, we were the smart people that used a lot of credit cards to... Um, buy love and um, couches and furniture and whatever. Yeah, it hit us really hard. So Ken was like, listen, you need to like make some money or work Kroger or something like this photography thing has to be a thing like ASAP. And I was like, oh, crap. So um, I tried to hustle. I studied Instagram. I, I, I taught myself marketing. 
And so in four years, here I am. That's amazing. Okay. So talk to me about those early days of marriage and, and like, just like, what would you tell your younger self? Like, what would you have done different? What would you tell a couple similar to you that's coming to you, like saying, Hey, I really want to give us a go. What would you do different? I would say, um, one, don't use credit cards. Don't have to buy things up front to keep up with anyone. And now that social media is here, I feel like it's really hard for us to be like, we're poor and we're happy. Look at our empty apartment. But honestly, like it, it those people don't pay your bills. So it doesn't really matter. That stuff doesn't matter. I wish we just kind of like got things from Craigslist for crying out loud instead of just spending so much money. And I think um, financially, because we were struggling so much, that caused like a lot of fights between us that we just didn't have to have. Um, <clears throat> and like we we wouldn't fight occasionally, but we were fighting literally every single day. And then his job gave him um, overtime. So he was literally working. I didn't know how to cook. Your girl taught herself to cook from scratch, but the food would be ready by 10 p.m. because That's when he would get home and he would go to sleep. So it was really hard on us. I kind of wish like financially we would have been a little more smart and intentional. Save money for things you want. You don't have to have it all right now. Um, what would you say? You hit it on, on the head of the nail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. Man. You, you don't have to try to please or impress anyone with all the stuff that you have. And I guess with our situation, we were able to get by with, you know, just one income with my income, but, you know, it, it was starting to get a little tight. And, you know, like Laura said, you know, I told her, Hey, might want to pick up a part-time job so we can save more money or, you know, the photography things really got to take off. But um, it was really good for us, especially when, you know, around that time we got married, my job started taking on all these projects. I got all this overtime so you know me alone i was able to cover all the bills and you know have extra money to to save and you know catch up from all the little bit of the debt that we racked up so it it was really good because at that point we could work as a team and you know we could alleviate her from having pressure of having to work a part-time job and build up her business it gave her the opportunity to you know focus on her business full-time and you know i just worked all the overtime I could to try to get those projects done at work. And it made things, you know, a lot better. And then, you know, by the time the overtime ended, I mean, I was on overtime for about a year and a half. So it was, it was insane. By the time overtime went away, you know, she's, she was booking, she was, you know, bringing in money and it, it it got better. It it always does. How do you guys manage money conversations now or like, are there resources or things that you guys did to kind of help you guys navigate through that? Cause you talked about fighting so much about it in the beginning. I love Google documents. <laughs> okay. <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I manage like all of our finances and, and money through, uh, well, I use Google sheets actually. Um, I know when every bill, I know it off the top of my head too, when every bill is due and, I have it written down. So I go to that sheet, you know, a few times throughout the week and I know what's coming out, how much money we're going to have on a certain day. And I just keep track of everything and my income, you know, pretty much 
sustains everything in our household and you know the income that Laura brings in you know some of it goes back to her business and you know some of it goes towards saving and um Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. That's home decor. <laughs> home decor. <laughs> Something you don't really yeah. care about. Um, yeah. So um, one thing that really helped me, because I'm actually a spender. So I love Target. Um, <laughs> yes. I love to spend money. So, and, and I come from a family where we just didn't really have to worry so much about it. And he came from a background where you know, things were tight and he had to learn how to be very intentional and very scheduled. And so I was just like, spend, 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 spend. And he was like, absolutely not. Everything's on a very tight schedule. Everything had a day for the date it was due and the amount it was due. So um, I watched the Dave Ramsey. I think there was like a YouTube course that he had and it was free. And he was talking about the snowball effect and like how we can get rid of our, uh, how many credit cards did we have? It was so many. Eight. It was so many, and they were pretty much, like, uh, maxed out. I think they were all. Were they all maxed out? I it it was a it Most was bad. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out because you know when a when a type three gets their mind on something, they do right. So I watched it for like three days in a row. I was like, Dave Ramsey is pumping me up. Like I'm gonna get rid of this debt. We're gonna do this. I'm gonna really like book weddings now, and um, that made me more intentional instead of just spending on things that I didn't need and clothes that I hardly wore. I started um, helping and giving him chunks of money in order to like help knock out those cards. And so we only have one left, right? Yep. Woo. Because that back interest like really set us back. So we're good now. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, thanks so much for sharing that because um, it's such a vulnerable thing that I know a lot of couples struggle with and are currently Mm -hmm. dealing with. And so I think it's awesome just to hear how you guys navigated that and and talk about it. Happy to share. Okay. <laughs> you guys also have a beautiful baby girl. What is her name? And tell us about her. Yes, Ella. She's not here because she would be running around <laughs> screaming. <right now. laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, Ella Grace is almost two, and it has been an amazing journey raising her together. Whew. Yeah, she's intense. <laughs> and. Uh, I love her so much though. So. <laughs> yeah. How has having a baby impacted your relationship? Is there anything that, you know, you wish you knew sooner in parenthood or, or like just like pieces of comfort you would give to other couples? So many things. <laughs> you would probably say that you wish you knew how I was when I was a kid because <laughs> Ella is energetic and she's just she she just runs all day long. Sophie, and- <laughs> she she climbed out. Of, she managed to climb out of her crib and she hit the floor and was like, I'm never doing that again because it hurt too much. But the girl is always climbing up and down the couch, climbing on the couch to get to the table. Once she gets on the table, she's like, oh my gosh, how do I get down? I'm going to figure out how to climb, how to get down. She's always jumping and running and screaming and she's, she's so much fun. But she, if you're not athletic and you don't have energy, you're not going to be able to like have a day with Ella. It's hard like some people are like i need to call off a whole day to <laughs> hang out with she her she is intense yeah like, i was the kid who i'd, I'd see a tree <laughs> really weird i'd see a tree and say i'm gonna climb that yep. i'm gonna get all the way to the top wow and mm-hmm. i i just i'd try like for hours to climb a tree and i'd, I'd do it and i'd get stuck and i'd have to call for help like um 
I'm in this tree and oh I can't get gosh. out. And if I can't get out, I'm going to live up here forever. Yeah. She is him. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my gosh. Um, how, how do you manage it all? Because you're working full time and you're probably working full time plus with your business. Uh, how has navigating all of those worlds been? Oh my goodness. So um, we have a lot of family with a really good support system. We have a lot of friends that are even willing to keep her overnight, which I am so blessed and thankful for that. So his mom will watch her on Mondays and Fridays for me. And then my parents, whenever they're in town, will watch her in between the other days. So I usually schedule like meetups and appointments during those two days. And then the other days I try to spend more time with her, but also kind of work a little bit. And Wednesday, it's just me and Ella. We hang out, we watch a movie, we eat some good peanut butter and jelly and all that fun stuff. So and that's how I balance my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. And my schedule is really flexible to my job. I don't, you know, it's a salaried position. I don't have a start time. I just, everything is uh date oriented. As long as I have the project done by a certain date, then that's all they really care about. So um, usually I'll take Ella to my mom before I go to work. Cause you know, we have everything so close, you know, we live maybe, 15, 20 minutes from our parents. I work maybe 10 minutes from where we live now. So mm -hmm. everything one nice little circle. So I can drop Ella off some mornings, then go to work and then go pick her up and come back home. And it's it's a beautiful system now. Love it's it. perfect. Also, some things that I wish I knew. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I have like a list. So... <clears throat> The nursing thing, when you have a kid, there is so much pressure from the cool moms. Like, oh, my gosh, are you nursing? Are you pumping? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the baby needs that good milk. And let me tell you, I was here for I was pumping and crying and all that great stuff. Ella didn't latch and it was crazy. But I put so much pressure on myself that I wasn't eating, which caused me not to produce like anything. And then finally, I was just like, I'm going to have to do formula. She's going to die from the bad milk. but It's fine. <laughs> Like, I feel like that's like something a lot of women don't talk about. They talk about, oh, you know, the the good stuff, but they don't talk about like, oh, well, if you can't produce, like you feel horrible about it. And um, I was booking, I booked 17 clients the month that I had Ella. When I was going into labor, I was receiving deposits. So that was the year that I got featured on the Metro Times of Detroit as one of like the photographers to follow on Instagram. And I was like, number one. So um, I booked like crazy. And I'm like in stitches driving to like these appointments and to meet brides. It was crazy. Do I wish that on anybody? <laughs> no. But I felt like I was going a little crazy. And I was on so much medicine because my beautiful daughter gave me a third tear. So it's fine. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely give yourself some time off work if you are a stay-at-home mom or if you're like an entrepreneur mom. Like give yourself some time to not work at all because I was going crazy and I was like guilty between being a mom and, and business and then I had to leave her and it was it was crazy. Um, also not listening to everybody's opinions of your kids, especially people who don't have kids. Always just like <laughs> be, I guess like just kind of um, – Try to be aware of where you get your advice from yeah. about everything. Yeah. I think it helps that I had a lot of child psychology classes I took in college mm -hmm. and high school. So I'm very well aware of where she's at. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm a little bit smarter than her, so she's always side-eyeing me to see if I know what she's about to do next. She's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that, like, you, Alora, you would tell spouses of entrepreneurs or spouses of people that are starting their photography business of things that Ken did that, like, really empowered you early on? Because I feel like that's a pretty – it can be such a scary thing, especially for women to take that leap. Like what helped you? To be like an entrepreneur and hope for your spouse's support. <laughs> um, I'm very lucky because, because I keep referring to this, but he is a five. So he doesn't really like attention so much. And he prefers that someone else takes it all the time. So um, I guess I've, I've already started the business before, like we got married. So he was kind of already used to the fact that people would call me by my first and middle name. And I mean, I think they used to call him like Mr. Rochelle. Like, <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy. And he's just like, no, she's a brown. But like, I, I only have that on my Facebook. Um, but as far as like spouses go, I feel like if you are um, a girl starting out and you just like, man, I really want this, like, please ask for it. Like, I will ask him, like, can you please help me figure out dinner today? Because I have to finish this wedding. Or, you know, please, can you support me in this? Or how do you feel about this? Should I not do this? Should I make more time for family? I've always included him in all my decisions because um, I just think it's important that I I am a, I have tendencies to be a workaholic. So I want to be more like, okay, make sure that I am still like a mom, a wife, and a business person, but also a part of my family and not like disregarding them because my job is so much more important. And that's I think that's what, like building the business is hard. You're always on your phone. You're checking your social media. You're like, oh my gosh, do people like me? Oh my gosh, should they comment? You know, and your husband's like, are you going to watch this movie or not? Um, definitely make yourself actual business hours, like give your husband the actual ability to be your husband. (laughs) Um, and then whatever he's doing, support him as well, because just because it's not an entrepreneur thing, he's still working his butt off. He's still paying like all of our bills. Like he's doing a great job. And sometimes he helps pick up food. And that is a bonus for me because I don't have to cook. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but just like support each other and don't be in competition either. I know a lot of men are in competition, like, oh, I don't want my wife making more than me. And I feel like we talked about this in our actual couples podcast, but he's just like, we should be working together. It's the same income. And so that's how I look at it. Yeah, it's uh, at, at one point, I guess it, it tried to get to me that, you know, she was becoming more and more and more successful. And, you know, I don't think it might call me Miss, Mr. Rochelle, but you weren't there. You weren't there. It's fine. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was little things and, you know, to, uh, to, uh, you're going to have to cut this part out. <laughs> um, God, I just lost everything. What? I was, thinking I was about. like, what? I just lost everything. She's like, what are you about to tell her? (laughs) I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) Rewind and re-ask that question. They need time. I was going to tell you before, like, disclaimer, you might have to, like, split a lot of this because he needs time to think. No, it's okay. (laughs) Um, Ken, for you, what are some pieces of wisdom or advice or just things that you would say to another person who's supporting a 
a spouse who's wanting to start their own business, photography, or whatever it might be? Um, well, it, it goes hand in hand with what Alora says. It's all about, you know, supporting each other. And, um, you know, I, I don't recall anyone calling me Mr. Rochelle or I, I've heard other things, but um, it's fine. At, you some, there. <laughs> yeah, at some point, you know, it, it started to get to me like, you know, I don't want to be up under my wife's umbrella. What, what is that? But, you know, I, I had to, you know, just take a step back and actually realize like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, she's successful. It all comes to the same household. You know, if she makes more money, we make more money. If I make more money, we make more money. And, you know, she's more successful. It just builds up our our household and what we're able to do together. And, you know, at at that point, you know, it, it comes up as jokes now every once in a while from, from other people, but, you know, it, it doesn't bother me at this point anymore because it's 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 crazy to think that, uh, you know, where we are now in our marriage, four years, we were able to accomplish so much and, you know, get rid of so much debt. And, you know, if I would have been bitter that, oh, man, my wife is, you know, catching up to, to my salary, you know, I'd be running myself ragged <laughs> every year trying to find another job just to stay ahead. But. Wow. I, at this point, I really, I, I don't care. You know, that I guess that's all a part of, uh, you know, I guess a man being a man and not letting his pride get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something that I've kind of like read a lot about is how much marriage has evolved over the years. Like the function of marriage is just fundamentally really, really different from what it was 100 years ago. And yeah. it. It, I think it really is a beautiful thing that women are rising to their callings and, and doing incredible things for the world. But it, like, I completely understand why a lot of men, it almost is an identity crisis because they grew up learning, like, I have to be the provider. So what does it mean when my wife becomes the main provider? And it does, I don't feel like it needs to be that way. It's just like the historic narrative that's been built in for it from us or in us for generations. And so like, how can we encourage this generation of men and future generations of men to to like stay true to themselves and and know be confident in their identity even when women are rising alongside them Mm -hmm. it's it's true because a big misconception that a lot of guys have is that money means that you are the provider and you know that that's not the case i mean Man, as a provider, you know, you have to provide stability to your home. And um, that, that, that's that's the big thing. You, you know, you just have to provide that stability. And for us, you know, it's through, you know, our faith and through God and, you know, everything that we get from church. And, and you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, once men stop thinking that numbers and money and how much money they bring into the house, once they stop thinking that, that is how they provide for their family. I, I think, you know, marriages will be a lot stronger. Yeah. I had a friend who told me like this new, she calls it this new marriage is unheard of where she's like, we used to stay at home, you know, like, like women, that's, that's our job. Our job was to raise the children. Our job was to stay at home, clean the house and make the dinner. She's like, I don't even understand like the generation you're living now. And I was like, 
Well, I don't know. I just felt called to do a little bit more than that. Just to, I mean, I do it all and I don't know how I do it all, but I managed to do most of all and cook sometimes at least twice a week, once a week. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I just feel like I, I would love to do more than just sit at home and watch my kids grow up. And then when they go to school, then what do I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it think times are changing, but I think it's for the good. too. And like, think about how many, like hundreds, thousands of weddings that you would have, like people that you've impacted. And these are things that they get to look at for the rest of their life. And, and you're even, you do a lot of things beyond that. Like I see you empowering women and, and in a lot of the work that you do. And even, with other women, for instance, like Christine Kane, like she is impacting millions of people and bringing lots of people out of slavery, which would have never happened had she not been bold and brave to do that. And she's married and has kids and does it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I don't know. I think that we kind of like, as women, we're giving ourselves like a disservice by not doing what we were called to do just so we can sit at home. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone has so many beautiful talents that if you just like put your foot in the door, you'd just be surprised where you would land, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What is one of the lowest points in your marriage and like how did you guys overcome it? Hmm. Hmm. I think our lowest point was our first year. (laughs) Like, I feel like we got stronger every single year. And I, I guess, are we considered newlyweds still? I mean, we're going to be five years next year. I don't think so. No. But no. you guys can call yourselves whatever. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But yeah, so um, I think the first year was our roughest because you have to get used to someone completely different. Um, <clears throat> we didn't live together before we got married. So um yeah, having to deal with like his personality quirks and like the things that I was used to compared to my sisters because I grew up with two sisters. So it was just completely different. And I had to, oh my gosh, I had to learn what the word compromise meant. Like what does that even mean? And his brain is like compromise always, always compromise. Well, can we just compromise? Let's just communicate to compromise. And I'm like, no, like my way is right. And it makes sense. You know, but so I've learned that, you know, um, he has he's and he's usually right. Unfortunately, he's usually yeah. he's usually very I hate to live on the podcast. She said it. Oh, horrible. Keep this, that in. Don't edit that out. This is too much truth for me. But he's usually right. And I hate to admit it, but it, it's true. The truth is the truth, you know, so um. I have to end up apologizing and we both hate to do that. We both hate to apologize. So if we do apologize, we actually mean it. So um, I think learning to do that, learning to both just not be so tough. I think we're both pretty like tough people. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like we don't, we're not super needy. We're very independent. We'll be like, Hey, how's it going? You know, talk for a little bit. He'll go in the basement, play video games. I'll go upstairs and like edit pictures or like watch YouTube videos. Like we're very like, secure people um and then we'll watch a movie uh together of course because the office and parks and rec obviously um but yeah so i really forgot what i was talking about (laughs) my question (laughs) was what is one of the lowest points of marriage and how did you guys overcome it or your relationship yeah um what was this i don't know Uh, specific yeah i I think it it was mostly just financial and just trying to find know the middle ground with that but um i guess in getting to that that point of financial stability it was you know for me being on that 
year and a half of overtime, we didn't get a ton of time together. Is you know, we volunteer and do a lot of work at at our church on top of all of the the work that I was putting in. Um, it it it, it kind of took away from our time together as newlyweds, and I guess it it caused a little bit of a strain because you know I go to work in the morning, work for. 11, 12, 13 hours a day, come home, eat, fall asleep Monday through Saturday. And then, you know, Sunday, you know, we'd be together at church, but, you know, we'd be at church. So we wouldn't really be communicating. We'd be more so listening to the, the preaching, everything that was going on. Um, so, you know, we had to actually think about and make times and opportunities for us to like talk and communicate and be together and and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Speaking of your difference in personalities, we've brought up the Enneagram a little bit. Do you want to quickly explain what that is and how that's played a role in you guys better understanding each other? Oh my goodness. So I actually don't know actually the original, like the originality of the Enneagram. I just listened to a couple podcasts about it. And they said the Enneagram is better than the Myers-Briggs and all these other tests. And I was like, okay, I'm personality test obsessed. So I'm going to take this test. So I took it and um, it is me 100%. And it changed my life. And I was like, Ken, you have to take this test. And he was like, no. So I read him every single question out loud and he took the test without knowing. So, (laughs) um, So I am a three, which is an achiever, three wing two which is like a, the two, the wing is kind of like you have a hint of another type, right? And so the two is the helper. Um, and I guess that makes sense because I'm a pastor's kid. And so I've always known to like be aware if anybody needs anything and just help and meet new people. And I was a born extrovert. So um, yeah, that's me. And my dad's a, my dad's a three too. So I, I heard that threes actually make three kids because of their ability to achieve inspires one of the children to do the same. I don't know. What are your other we'll sisters see. like? Um, so my my little sister is actually what he is when he's stressful, mm-hmm. and that's an eight. And she is so intense, man. Listen, she is a spit <laughs> spitfire. Um, <laughs> um, and she's the smallest one, too. And everyone's afraid of her because she's so tough. So um, she actually recently launched her videography business, too. And they say eights are entrepreneurs because they're so driven like a machine, you know. Um, and they're just very intense, not super emotional and all that great stuff. And then my other sister is a nine who is like super emotional. She's the peacemaker. Nobody can fight. We all have to be friends. And it's just hilarious because the perfect match for the eight is a nine and they're Irish twins. So my mom had a baby in January and then the same year she had one ah. in December. Yeah, That's craziness. Awesome. So. Yeah, we. I just call them the twins, though. But. <laughs> okay, what about you, Ken? What are you? I am a five. I don't know what my my wing is, but when I heard that Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs were in my category, mm. I just you were like, "Yes, I am that." Whatever it is, Steve Jobs is my hero. <laughs> so I walk around saying, "I'm the I'm the Zuck." Oh I'm like, wow! I'm just like Zuckerberg. This is great. Okay, so what is it, how has this helped or impacted the way you guys relate to one another or relate to other people? 
Oh my goodness. I make everyone like I'm so weird. Like even my contacts, my friend no will have like, a number and that's how I know what they are. I am like crazy obsessed. My friends will be like, are you <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm never gonna forget what you are because if i'm upset i'll just look up your number and be like you know what she can't help it she's emotional you know <laughs> like that's how bad it is um so um for me it's actually helped me understand that he is a thinker i used to think that he would pause and move slow and react slow on purpose to get on my nerves because like that's a three's pet peeve like we're go 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 and he's like let's think about it how do we feel about it? How can we plan for it? Is it going to happen? I'm just like, it's going to happen. We'll figure it out along the way. Let's go, you know? Yeah. And um, I drive fast. You know, I drive like Grand, Thre- Grand Theft Auto on the highway. I'm passing everybody. And he's just like, I'm going to go the speed limit, maybe five below. We'll get there. So it's kind of like the tortoise in the hair. <laughs> um, but it's helped me understand like the way he thinks, like the way he is, even like the part about the childhood wounds. I feel like that was really crazy. And it, it caused us to like talk deeply. Like, did you ever feel like this? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. I didn't know that. You know, it just it's really deep. And um, I feel like I understand him more. And I try to listen podcasts about the fives all the time. Like, oh, my gosh, that's Ken. That's why he does that. Okay. okay talk to me about some of those realizations. Like, break that down for me a little bit of like, what were the breakthroughs in your relationship in digging into the Enneagram for you? Wow. Um, well, I, I'm trying to remember one specifically. It's a Sleeping at Last podcast. And then they talked about the five and how fives take a long, long pauses because they're very, they think before they speak. And they are very, very intentional about saying the right thing at all times. And I'm like, <laughs> I just say whatever. And I hope it's great. I hope it is. Like with all my heart, I do. Oh, but oh, and it's, I was just like, okay. Yeah, like, oh, I'll clean up later. Oh, I didn't mean that. I just meant, you know. Um, And there was, like, a part up there about, like, how their minds thinking as kids. You know, they were tinkering kids. And he was the aluminum foil kid, like, who made aluminum foil friends and, like, stuff like that. Um, Friends. I made cars. I mean, no, people, because he was a person. I remember. I remember this. (laughs) No, I made clay people. Clay people. And it was it was Dragon Ball Z. Oh no, that's even worse. And I put tin foil in their hair because Goku oh, needed shiny hair. See, oh my God, Goku, amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really helped me understand him and like how they don't mean to come off certain ways or like they don't trust you or they don't believe you. They just want to make sure that there's no possible way this can go wrong. And so me, I just want you to be behind my idea, even if it doesn't make sense. Like you have to be like, girl, you can do it. And I'll be like, I don't know. And they're like, no, you can do it, even if it's impossible. And he's, um, he usually brings me down to a level. It's like, okay, well, let's, 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 let's talk about this for a second. Um, you know, do you have a plan? And I was like, nope, but I think it's going to work by tomorrow, you know? Um, and he's really good at helping with financials. I hate talking about money. I hate thinking about money. It stresses me out. But he'll just be like, okay, make sure you can afford it. Make sure you're making profit. Make sure this, 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 and that. So I understand like his entire mathematical mind is because Mm of who he is. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Huh. You said so much good stuff. Well, I was talking about you. (laughs) You got to talk about me now. (laughs) Um, I guess knowing the 
her personality type and, you know, knowing my personality type, um, you know, when, when you haven't lived with someone and all from the day you get married after you, you know, come back home from the honeymoon, you're having to learn exactly who they are. You know, they're not the same person as who they were when, you know, you're texting or you're talking on the phone. Um, you know, they have different habits and tendencies. So we had to learn those things. And, you know, I have a few pet peeves and, you know, I got into the habit of, you know, trying to, to change things and like, Oh no, you shouldn't do this this way. You've got to do it this way or that way. And, you know, I guess there's a misconception that, you know, when you get married, you go in trying to change the things that you don't necessarily, you know, like about your significant other. Um, and I guess I, I realized once we knew what our personalities were, I started to, to approach it a little bit differently. Instead of trying to change those things about our personality or even with myself, instead of trying to change everything, I mean, unless it's like a completely negative thing, like, you, but you like know, what things, things like that, what things like things? that have to. <laughs> I just want to know what these things are. <laughs> If it was completely negative, then yeah, let, let's change those. Um, but as just in general, I started to realize, you know, not everything is worth bickering about. And instead of trying to change everything, why don't we just try to work together and find a way for it to work? So instead of changing it, trying to get rid of it, let's find a way to make it work and play What's on it. What's an example of that? Yeah. But what thing? I so specific about you. You like didn't say one thing about me. What thing? <laughs> huh. What makes me a I'm three? a five. <laughs> I, I gotta think. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess and you know it's it's I guess my newfound favorite thing about her is I guess her, her positivity and her optimism about things. Me as a five, it's got to make sense. It's got to be logical. Let's plan it all right here, right now. Break out the paper and pen. Let's write this down and let's draw up some pros and cons and let's just figure all of this out. Wow. You know, she gets an idea. She's like, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And, you know, like she said, I'm, I'm more like, let's slow down. Let's, let's think about this. Um, and, you know, that, that that's just not how I roll, but understanding, you know, that's, that's, that's how her personality operates. And she draws from that optimism and like she, she draws, I guess, energy from her vision. I draw my energy from knowing that a plan ahead of time was going to work. And she is okay with, you know, rolling down the street with the headlights off <laughs> That's knowing happened. that she's going to get there just fine. And I'm okay with failing. Like I'm okay. Failing means that there's a hole that I need to fix. And then we're going to blow up the balloon again and try again. And do you try to avoid failure? Is that really what it is? Or just like. I'll try to avoid it the best that I can, but if something doesn't go right, it's, I do see it as like an amazing opportunity to learn because I, my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves is failing at the same mm-hmm. for the same reason twice. I'm gonna fail at something, 
I've got to fail with that once. And that right. is never happening again. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I, 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 that's, that's really that's really stressful <laughs> i i i don't know yeah and I, I i guess you know all in all it's learning her personality now and knowing what a three really is and that you know she draws from you know optimism and whatever vision that she has and she just kind of kicks mm. butt and makes it happen heck yeah okay so I want to know what you guys are dreaming for and together or individually. Like what are you kind of building towards? What's the podcast? Like what are you guys building towards together and individually? Hmm. Hmm. In my for myself. Yeah. A Nissan GTR. I love that car so much. He just wants to buy a car. <laughs> That's very his, basic. His, yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Fives are original minimalists. Like, they don't really need anything. They just need the basics. Like, he will always be wearing solid colors. If it's pattern, it's because I bought it. <laughs> that's true. I think I actually realized that. If I, I told my dad that a few weeks ago. Like, I, I, I only wear the Zuckerberg and polos. uniform. Yeah. Wow, you didn't even know that. He messaged Zuckerberg on Facebook just to see if he responded. He's like, he's seen it. He he's seen it. Why would he respond? I was like, he's Facebook. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah. But um, yeah, so together, I mean, me alone, I I would love to um I would love to teach photography. I don't know if I want to be in the industry forever capturing love as much as I love it. Um, I definitely see myself in a position where I would love to empower other people that don't have the positivity in their life that they need. Maybe there's some other fives out there that can use a three <laughs> in their life to support them. Or um, I don't know. It's just what I love. I love to teach. I've always told myself when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher, but they didn't make enough money. So didn't want to be a teacher. Um, but I think the podcast was honestly a way for me to offer free education and connect with like-minded people who felt like giving up and um, for some reason just felt a turn to a business podcast hoping for something. And I've been receiving so many DMs from people like, oh my goodness, I almost gave up too. Like, thank you for sharing your story. There's so many people like, I'm crying right now. Like, you've read my mind. And I'm just like, I had no idea sharing my story of quitting and coming back would be so empowering. So that's what I would love to do. I would love to build a tribe of women where we're all just helping each other. And I would love to be able to do an in-home workshop and be able to just teach everything that I know because eventually I'm not going to need it anymore. And there's millions of people getting married. There's no competition for me. I want all of us yeah, to succeed absolutely. together. That's beautiful. Bye, <laughs> Talking about when you did quit and come back, like what was that conversation like between the two of you? Well, when that happened, <clears throat> I think I was 23. So it was it was bef right before we got engaged, I think. And um, there was a photographer that was like pretty much bashing me. And I sent him the screenshot. And like she said that I was fake or I wasn't like really a photographer. I was stealing pictures from Pinterest, which I mean, <laughs> they, I think that would be pretty obvious. Um, and so I sent him the screenshot and I was like, that's it. Like, I'm done. And he was like just flabbergasted that it happened. And I messaged them and was like, hey, thanks for like being awesome. 
Um, but like when that happened, I I don't know. I just that was probably the first time I was faced with like not failure, but like I guess like a stab in the back, I guess. And I was like, if this is what the industry is like, I don't want any part of it because <clears throat> there was hundreds of people commenting on it, like, oh, she should crash and burn, like she should never start her business. And like for the first time in my life, I I kind of seen what cyberbullying was like. And that wasn't even like based on my looks. I could not imagine what people have been through. And honestly, my heart goes out to them. Um, but yeah, so he was just like, well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like he just supports me no matter what. Um, I think you were still working at some, were you still working at Sabaro's then? No, that was in my career. So okay. Yeah. So um, I was just like going to work a bunch of part-time jobs and none of them worked out. Like all 10 of them didn't work out. And then I was like, maybe I should be a business owner again because this isn't working. <laughs> so it's been, it was a crazy year. That whole year I was just trying to find myself and be like, where, where can I turn to? How am I going to, how am I going to succeed if people don't, if there's people out there that want to destroy me, people that don't believe in me. And then that's when I took the point and my dad told me, you have to believe in yourself. People in the work field are not always looking out for you. And so that's when I was like, I am going to change that. I want to be the big sister of <laughs> entrepreneurship and just be like, I actually want you to succeed. I'm holding your hand. I will mentor you. I will tell you everything you need to know. And let's succeed. I, I think it's awesome watching people rise to their potential. It's amazing. It's empowering to me. Anyone that it gets intimidated by someone else's success needs to find their own security in themselves because honestly, there's so much more. T there's just so much out there for everyone. We don't have to scramble over the field right. of anything. Absolutely. I completely agree. I am all for community over um, competition and collaboration over competition. Like the, if you're solving big world problems, people will continue to have them and and we need more love more people yeah. to rise together and be empowered like there's never going to be too many stories shared yeah. or too many photos so i love your heart yeah. for that what was that honestly oh thank you yeah but honestly like there's yeah, always we're getting married um okay so where can people find you and how can we support you Um, you can find me on Instagram, Alora, A-L-O-R-A dot Rochelle. Um, and then alorarochelle.com for my website. And then same for Facebook. Um, <laughs> do you want to be found? This is it? totally fine. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Kentrell Brown. <laughs> I have an Instagram, but I don't really post much on it but hey if you want to look at it it's Kintendo 64 K-E-N underscore T-E-N-D-O underscore 64 yep he has six pictures on there so and I have a whopping 200 followers woohoo killing it <laughs> okay, fine. before we move on to the last couple of questions, I just want to take a minute to thank both of you for coming on here and sharing so honestly about just your struggles and your journey thus far. And also, Alora, like your heart specifically for women. Um, and can I know you do so much more behind the scenes that's probably even like talked about here. And you're one of those incredible men and husbands that support your wives and is, is secure in who you are as a man, which I so deeply appreciate. So thank both of you for the love and light that you are and, and just how you support your community, both online and offline. 
Oh, thank you so much for having us. It was an honor and a privilege. I'm so, so excited. Yes. So excited where this is going. <laughs> thank you. Okay, <laughs> last three questions. One is, what do you wish you knew sooner in your marriage or relationship? Hmm. Is it five? I need to think. What did we <laughs> wish we knew sooner? Was that the question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, because I'm a realist, I had I already had like a list of what to expect. A lot of my friends were married. Some of them may have even been divorced. They all had kids. I was 24 when I got married, but <clears throat> in a sense, I think a lot of people were kind of establishing their lives. So I would I would watch and I would see and I knew, you know, fights would happen. There's things that we have to work on and I would probably have to make dinner. I didn't know how to cook, so I had to teach myself how to cook. And I don't know, I had expectations that things were not going to be so great. So I was just ready to go in and just self-improve constantly. I feel like um, I think – People told us, like, the first year is rough, but that was honestly our worst year out of our whole marriage. Like, we have only been getting better and learning each other more as time has gone on, and I'm thankful for it. Um, I honestly can say I truly did marry my best friend. Um, we watch movies together. We're pretty much the same person. We laugh at the same stuff. Um, we have a good time together, and I think that's more important than – you know, what other people are seeking um, or think love is all this gushy stuff on TV. It's not necessarily that all the time. Maybe some people really are like super emotional and and that's great. But um, for us, I think it's more like soulmates. We're just like best friends who like to hang out all the time. And we have a baby who jumps in between us every once in a while. Huh. I wish I knew ahead of time that we don't need stuff to try to impress others vision of our marriage. Um, you know, we don't have to have the biggest TV. We don't have to have the best brand of a mattress or a couch or, or whatever. We don't have to have all this stuff just to have people come over and say, Oh, wow, you guys have made it. Um, you know, none of that stuff really matters because in thinking that, you know, and we're we're not the we're not braggy people, but we just thought we had to, you know, get new stuff. We just thought that's that's what you do when you get married, you just buy stuff. And um, you know, we racked up, you know, quite a bit of debt and you know, it took us some time to get out of it and, you know, get to a point where we're <clears throat> you know, very close to being debt free, but you know, definitely wish I knew that more so early on. And I guess also too it would have been good to like really understand really what marriage is all about. You know, it's a lot more than just you marry the person that you love and, you know, that's it. You just get married and you live together and you both go to work and go on vacations together sometimes and that's it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I guess it's a lot more deeper than that. You know, it's, it's more so about, you know, you building each other up and, wanting the best for each other and, you know, kind of trying to push each other into success and to do bigger and better and great things and, and not being in competition. And that, that was something I had to work with because I'm naturally a competitive person. You can tell me right now that 
you're better than me at hopscotch. And I'll either video myself hopscotching or I'll fly to wherever you are and we'll we'll battle. I'm I'm competitive. I, I just I like a good challenge. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I had to, you know, realize that, you know, this why why even try to compete against your spouse? Um, because you know, to compete against your spouse is really you're just competing against yourself and you know, you'll just go round and round and round and round in circles and you won't get anywhere, but you know, when when you get to the point in the marriage and you you know focus on building each other up, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So with that. good. My turn. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um. So um, the thing about threes is we are very image conscious, and fives aren't. I'm gonna refer to the Enneagram the entire time because it's changed my life. Um, so I used to put a lot of pressure on him to look a certain way, and it stressed him out. He was like, my brain does not understand all of these things that you want me to be. And I'm like, well, can you just wear this tie with that clothes and just like, you know, be the, the nice little slim fit GQ guy. And I think, and he was just like, what, what, <laughs> you know? And um, I really, I had to like check myself and I realized like, as much as, as fun as it is to dress up and look nice when you guys go places, um, it's it's very important to fall in love with the heart of your partner, who they are, um, their personality, the, the reason why you married them. I think when people get married, they focus on just such small, dumb things and they accumulate and they find themselves becoming bitter and they start arguing. And I just I've seen a lot of patterns in relationships and I told myself I'm not going to be that way. So. I uh, I am very intentional about finding the the good in him all the time, even when he's purposely, sarcastically getting on my nerves. Um, I'll be like, but you know, he didn't mean it as mean as he could have said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm remembering why you married the person that you married and try to find those the reasons um, in them every single day. It, being married is choosing every single day to love the same person for the rest of your life. It's not, like I said in the beginning, it's not like this just romantical, uh, we shall be married in the morning, we're in love, and there's dust fairies everywhere. It's just not, you know. It's it's a, it's almost like a job. You have to work at it, and then you reap the benefits. The sooner, like, the more grit and hard work you put into, like, loving someone, accepting someone, getting to know them, understanding why you become such a strong couple together, and you it's easier for you guys to become one I'm a lot more easygoing than most guys. I, I, I guess, I, I guess I kind of accepted that a lot more as we we were married a lot longer. Instead of trying to be right and trying to win every single argument, um, yeah, you know, I I just kind of learned, you know, some things it's not worth responding back to. Um, you know, if we're bickering or, or something or something's bothering us and, you know, she may say something and, you know, my first response may be to say something back. And, you know, I've had to learn over time, you know, maybe silence is the best solution. So, you know, we can calm down and talk about things rationally. And um, I really think that's, you know, why we we don't argue, if at all. I don't even remember last time we 
we argued or really went at it. It's been a long time. But yeah, we don't it, argue very often because he's taught me, because I come from a family of hollers. We just yell it all out and then you just kind of got to deal with it and everyone's hurt and we're all like, yeah. So um, he's always just like, let's just talk calmly. Let's stop yelling and let's discuss this. And so I think just dealing with the problem straight on rather than like going to bed angry and just yelling at each other. I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. Trying to prove a point. We just try to see how the other feels and then explain our side to each other. And um, I don't know when we figure that out. Maybe with after the first year, I feel like the first year was kind of like a big monumental moment for our, just our lives. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to hear, too, is the newlywed stage is painted as this supposed to be this, like, rose-colored time, and it's not always the case. And so to hear that you guys are here almost four years later and happier than ever, I think it's super important for people to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I I really would love to help anyone be able to kind of skip that a lot of newlywed struggles if I could just tell you guys like listen low expectations you know be honest with each other communicate all the five amazing things just just be real be upfront, and just deal with the hard stuff you'll you'll be fine it takes time yeah totally <laughs> okay what does love intently or love mean to you love intently means to me which i think i said that like didn't really date other people so much as we were very intentional on each other. Like, okay, um, I have a plan. This is what we're going to do. And I plan to spend the rest of my life with this person. So to me, love intently means just, I don't know. Whenever I see that, I always think about like our love story. Cause I feel like that was our entire story was loving with intention, the intention of being together and being married. And here we are super happy. <laughs> Uh, for me, love intently. Like my personality type, I said it once already, like once I make a decision, that's it. So I I think about what could happen and I, I, I just try to overanalyze everything and, and figure it all out. So um, me, how I was brought up and raised, it was it uh nowadays it's more so just date to date and have fun and see what happens um for me and i know for Laura's upbringing you know um it's more so about date to find you know a good fit to see if that's someone who you can you know marry and spend your your life with so you know rather than jumping right into to dating you know we we got a lot of time together just to be friends and get to know each other that way. And that's the best advice, you know, you can give to anyone before they start trying to date 50 different people. Just be friends and, you know, get to know people as friends. Because, you know, when, when you're friends, there's no strings attached. You don't have to worry about anything. You're you're just friends. And it, it you know, our story gave us a chance to, like, really know each other and really get to understand each other. So, you know, with how we were brought up and knowing that, you know, hey, if we think about dating each other, we've got to eventually think about 
marriage and you know building a life together and um in dating you know i, I got to answer that question to myself early on I, I don't remember when but eventually you know i i told myself that you know i, I could see m myself with her for for the rest of my life and you know i i learned to be intentional about you know how how we're going to go about things as far as dating and you know finally getting engaged and be intentional about you know how are we gonna build a life together and you know build a family thanks for listening if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes and leave a review so that others can join the conversation as well so if you follow me personally at Sophie underscore clock on Instagram, you know that my word for the year has been secure. And it's been all about my personal journey of moving from an attachment style of avoidant to a secure attachment style. We've talked about the attachment style a few times here with our advisor, Dr. Lisa Neff, if you haven't listened to that episode, but also um, with other relationship experts on this very podcast. And if you're curious to what your type is, we actually break it down in our love personality assessment because it's a big part of your love personality. If you and your partner have completely opposite attachment styles, that is going to be a continual point of pain between the two of you unless you're aware of it and can consciously choose to love each other through that space rather than pouring fire or alcohol on each other's wounds. So. All that to say is definitely check out our love personality assessment at loveintently.com or texting love to 33222. Join our incredible community of 44,000 others on Instagram and let us know what you think at love.intently. Lastly, if you want to support what we're doing and to be a part of building a world that loves intently, you can do so with any dollar amount at our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash loveintently. Yes, even as little as $2 a month would be so helpful. Until next time, with love and intention.